0: What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. We are on episode 84. On today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by our good friend Ian Sr. at the Blue Rock Archery 3D shoot. This is a quick one as we just wrapped up shooting the 3D course and spending some money at their novelty shots. We talk a little bit about the course, but mainly what we talk about is what we've been doing up to this point to get ready for the upcoming season and a few things that we're really excited about. So sit back, enjoy this fun episode. Till next time, antler up. Before we get into this episode, I want to share with you a few discount codes that will help you save some money and get ready for the upcoming hunting season. The Elk Collective is the virtual elk hunting resource with tons of videos and information to get you ready to chase elk this upcoming season. Use code PODCAST and save $30 today at theelkcollective.com. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. New things are on the horizon, so use code ANTLERUP to save 25% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Real quick, another housekeeping thing. This weekend, we are hosting a Tether Teach and Train Tour event this Sunday, August 22nd at the West Branch Sportsman's Club from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock. This time frame of the event is free. Just go sign up at thetethernation.com. And also here, there's a link in our episode description as well. Before that, the club is hosting a 3D shoot from 8 a.m. until I think noon Uh, It's $10 per person, $5 for kids. Uh, So come shoot some foam, stay afterwards for some prizes and check out and see what Tethered's all about. Also want to thank our partners over at First Light. Right now, you'll be able to get your hands on the new whitetail-specific Spectre Camo. It uses nature-based algorithm to create large shape disruption for whitetail hunters. I recently got the new Solitude jacket and bibs in and I'm pumped to use it this fall. This setup is my all-time favorite. I had it in Decipher and it's really my favorite because of the comfort and the features that they have. It has a lot of versatility for how you would like to use it. You could wear both pieces and layer underneath when the temperatures get in the 20s or below, or you could use the bibs or put on the jacket, do a single piece when it becomes a little bit cold at first. Excited to see what else is in store for First Light. Check it out at firstlight.com. Lastly, I want to thank our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series Strings are what we all run on our bows, and we love them. Go create a set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Corden, this one feels weird not having a beverage in front of us. <laughs> it does. <laughs> we will be in about 15 minutes. Well, probably about an hour. Yeah, when Jeremy buys lunch for everybody. It'll taste good. <laughs> it tastes better. <laughs>
1: tastes better when it's free. Well, tell everyone where we're at, Ian. We're at Milroy Bowfest in central Pennsylvania. We came last year and this year. It's a local 3D that's held. There's four courses, 25 shots apiece, a couple novelty shoots. And just a good time for families and everybody to come shoot their bow. The novelty shots were the, <laughs> were
0: a lot of fun. <laughs> so there's a uh, big open yardage, and the farthest shot was 166? Yeah, 66, 68. Yeah, 160, around there, just under yeah. 170. Bu- uh, big monster buffalo target, and then about 15 yards in front of that was a big elk. And then there's a boar, but we shot at the elk the buffalo and the mini elk which was like 110 uh dimitri found his his groove spot on on the buffalo (laughs) yeah it took a
2: little while just moving the pin to to 100 on my hha site and trying to figure out you know how flat that arrow is going to shoot and kind of working the the arc but it took me i missed the first three two i probably sailed and uh two made it to the other county (laughs) (laughs) probably shot him about 220 out there but uh after that first round i kind of found my groove a little bit and uh kind of figured out where i wanted to settle that pin up in the trees and kind of got dialed in i ended up uh second round of three shots i I think it was my second one that i uh ended up hitting hitting the buffalo i think i hit it up by the hump i think Mm -hmm. yeah up up in the top and uh then after that, I kind of kind of felt I was settled in. And then the next round, I think I got shot in the two. testicles. No, yeah. I shot it once. I shot in the testicles. My last round, I got two out of three. Pretty much uh, one in the shoulder and one was probably double lung. I mean, it was pretty, pretty good shot. So yeah. I was kind of finding my groove with that, which was a lot of fun because it's kind of a
0: guessing game. Oh, yeah. What would you get? Did you got two in?
1: I got two in uh, Buffalo, and it was a pure guessing game. No, you shot instinctive <laughs> off the air and watched it fly and guessed from there. Yeah. I got two in the mini elk. Um,
0: just, it just seemed like everything, was, I couldn't figure out where, couldn't guess range that right. But it was fun. I liked that. And then you shot the moving doe. I shot the bouncing deer. Yeah, the bouncing deer. Got three in there. Yep. And
2: then uh, we shot the the water bottle challenge challenge, which we... We both hit the water bottle. Yeah, and you cheated. <laughs> we shot the water bottle in the first shot. That's probably, what, 15, 20 yards? Yeah. And uh, But, but uh, mine
1: leaked a little more water, so technically I won. Well, technically I hit it three times. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you can cheat if you want. It's fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, when we were on the the, sh- uh, the core shooting, which I thought was really fun, they did a lot. I would say they improved it tremendously i agree from last year because last year it was good it was fun and this is actually last year anybody that's followed along when i always say about a a 3d shoot where i totally went mental case this is the place so uh i survived uh didn't shoot all that great but i had fun i had a couple good decent shots and you know you guys shot really well too and uh but we were talking when we were going through about how once this is over we're switching changing our mentality and getting ready for for deer season you know, what do you think that like? What does that entail for for each one of us? Like, how? Like, what is? What are you changing specifically to get ready then now for like your whitetail setup?
1: Well, for me, I have out to a sixty pin right now, and I'll strip it down and just have twenty, thirty, forty, and that's really it. Start shooting broadheads more, mm-hmm. but besides that, oh, well, I guess try to shoot from elevated a lot more now, not just shoot flat in the backyard.
2: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me is you know I pretty much use the same. Arrow setup all year round. What I'm going to use for hunting season, I'll use that. You know, basically whether I'm shooting in the basement or you know one spring comes outside and then 3D courses and I like to keep things consistent, so I really won't change anything with that. Uh, you know, unless it's a different broadhead which I'm going to use or or something simple like that. Nothing, no major changes where I'd need to change my tape or anything. And then like Ian said, the biggest thing now is I'll Get to those elevated positions whether I'm standing on my deck or you know up on a hill shooting down or you know now that I'm gonna be going into the saddle this year I've really got to dive into that and try to get comfortable you know shooting those angles and and being comfortable with that so it's really just getting more specific with yeah you know how you're gonna be in that tree stand and, and making those opportunities and feeling comfortable you know once in a while I will push it out there you know once in a while just to kind of make sure tuning wise you know because that's where you're going to see if your your tuning's off a little bit uh push those further distances but you know like you said maybe 40
0: 45 max is where i'll be shooting uh in the yard well i think too it's important because like for us our style we don't have we're not hunting over ag you know for me personally for dimitri personally even even you not so much either you know so our farthest shot really is 30-yard, you know, thread in the needle Mm -hmm. mostly uh, just because of where we're going and kind of the terrain features. So even the same thing for me, I'm going to be going more so, okay, focusing on honing in that 30 to 35 yards from the saddle, being in elevated, uh, shooting more broadheads. That's going to be really where I'm going to be diving into here these next couple weeks. What have you uh, got going on for for this volume? Because I know we talked a little bit about from our last podcast. What's what are what's on the horizon right now with you?
1: Uh, I end up drawing Wyoming tags. I mm-hmm. got a D. I got the buck dough, and antelope dough. So I didn't get the antelope buck I was hoping for, but maybe next time. Yeah, that so we'll leave. Uh, I think the second or third week in November, the week before Thanksgiving, however it falls this year, mm-hmm. for ten days and head out to the same ranch and hopefully shoot something i don't think we'll have any problems doing that yeah i like it well i, I know what i was going to say I, I, another thing
2: that i'm going to be focusing on is uh dialing my pin at 25 and then trying to make sure that i don't have to move that pin which we've mm-hmm. talked about before mm-hmm. with the single pin and I did this before, the last time I shot before this 3D shoot is I was out in the yard and I set the target at 18 and then 20 and then 25 and then at 30 and 32 just to kind of leave my pin at 25 and then just see how my my arrows shoot. So basically the same setup. I'll be in the tree stand and basically the single pin at my speed of the arrow from 18 to probably... 26 27 was exactly the same and then at 30 32 i might have to aim you know two inches high so not really a big difference there which makes me more comfortable now that knowing when i'm in that stand and i might not have the exact yardage i feel comfortable with how i'm going to have to do micro adjustments with my aiming and feel more comfortable making those quick shots or you know if the deer kind of pegs you a little bit or gets a little nervous and you might not have that time to to range dive which is kind of the biggest issue a lot of people face with uh, putting a single
1: pins. pin on their bow. What broadheads uh,
0: are you going to be going with this year,
1: Ian? Uh, this year, Slick Trick, Viper Trick, and Rage Tripan. Nice.
0: We're going to be more fixed blade this year than than we have been in the past. Uh, trying all different kinds. We're shooting Oz cuts. Trying some Iron Will. Uh, i am still have. I think I'm always going to have a mechanical in the quiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have either a sever or a, uh, G5 dead meat is probably what I'll have. Just, just like how we were saying, if we go, you know, if we have that opportunity where it is a more of a poke and, you know, I might throw that mechanical on and let it rip and see what happens.
1: Follow up shot too. If it gets out a little further, if you don't hit exactly where you want that little bit extra cutting for mechanical helps. Yeah. Yeah, it's really really helpful.
0: But it is pretty exciting.
1: Where you know
2: Ian saw a couple guys that he knew, and they're talking about their elk hunt coming up in September. And Mm -hmm. just hearing stories and getting seeing guys getting ready, which is just going to be. Yeah. Probably basically a month they'll be starting to head out there, really. It's almost August. Beginning so. of
1: September, yeah.
2: And last year, we had probably two weeks till we headed yeah. out to Utah. So, I mean, season's <laughs> right around the corner, which is kind of crazy. Right. Even if you've been prepared and doing stuff, you're still not quite where you need to be. Mm-mm. That's what's crazy, is like how close
0: we are. You know, we were just, high, like how Dimitri just said last year, two weeks from now, we were packing up and getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And, you weren't too far behind after we returned two to go two weeks to, after that two weeks after that you went out to colorado right yep oh man it's crazy i think too i'm some of the things like dimitri and i were talking and we're gonna try uh while be hunt, obviously working more so than i was last year just because of being in person you know all the good stuff but uh we're gonna try different spots and if it's an hour to hunt we we, we might give it a shot and and do that more so than we have probably too in the past
2: and i think the the biggest adjustment that we are making this year is utilizing our trail cameras more Mm -hmm. you know um i know in the past we've kind of been a little more timid to leave them out and at longer lengths Mm -hmm. uh, once the season starts or that couple weeks before the season just because of more people in the woods and we hunt pretty heavily uh populated with people you know hunters yeah. that are going in there as well so we're kind of picking our spots and you know you're not able to get real remotely away from people so we kind of getting our camera and just kind of using them as intel and now i think what we're going to do is is try to pinpoint and be a more aggressive and, and try to find where exactly that buck and how he's moving um you know early season and and try to dial in that i think we were a little more aggressive last year so it's not like we're trying anything new uh i think we were in the right areas early season last year we just weren't specific to where that buck was living and how he was traveling in that small range uh right before dark or you know coming back to his bed in the morning so i think we just needed to make that minute change and and really focus on giving us that intel of where we need to and again like you know, we might try some new spots that or, you know, some of our spots we usually use during the week, but we're not hunting consistent day after day, usually the rut. So we're going to dive into our best spots from day one, second week, third week, and then kind of see where our intel uh, leads us and try to be more efficient on each hunt this year. Well, you brought up a good point
0: about not leaving, like how we used to not leave our cameras up because of pressure and people stealing. I mean, that's the thing. I just don't get that like i just don't like why do people take stuff that's one not yours but two most nine out of ten times if you're out putting a camera out back somewhere where you had to hike a good distance the only other person that's doing that is another hunter yeah i just don't get why you just got to mess around and steal or break something i just don't get it don't get it
1: you don't have that problem do you most places i put the cameras no but that is i like the having private property for that that most of the time you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I do have a couple cameras off on some surrounding properties, but I just put the cheap ones out there. If they take them, they take them. Well, how have you changed your, you've got some cell cameras this
2: year. You've probably Mm -hmm. put a few more out than you normally do this year. you kind of seems like, how are you utilizing that on your private property? Are you making any changes this year or how is your strategy going to be implemented this year?
1: Well, the cell cams, I put one up in the best spot I have every year. There's a nice buck always ends up in there. I put that out beginning of June. I hung a new tree stand in there, and I don't plan on touching it again until the end of October. Right now, that camera's not really showing a whole lot, but I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, Camera-wise, I just more or less try to have a little bit of inventory of what's on the property that i put them out majority of them i would say before july and i'll just let them soak until i end up hunting and that first week i'll probably bounce around and grab as many cards as i can to see what i have but i at this point i'll just let them soak for a while
0: it is time for this week's vortex nation highlight. Hi, my name is Weston Snyder and my hunting tip revolves around understanding thermals and using them to your advantage when closing the distance on big game. Early in the morning when the air is still cool, thermals will be flowing down the mountain from higher elevations to lower elevations. As the sun begins to rise and the temperature begins to rise, there will come a point in the morning when the thermals will switch and begin moving uphill from lower elevations to higher elevations. Yeah.
2: Well, and I and think that we occur. talked about this and while the we're shooting the sun to set and
0: air cools, where the thermals you that have hunt, been rising which is all day probably will probably what and an hour, back hour, downhill. 15 minutes so we're making your stock on big game. Be sure, are, sure that in
2: your approach, are and you are moving with the thermals. Your strategy closer to the rise, that you little earlier because you found on your property there's warm daytime movement before or right around how Correct. Where we're still seeing some daytime, but maybe, you know, I remember last year, that's the first time I saw a legal buck Mm -hmm. uh, in daylight hours last year. And then probably two weeks later is when things really start heated up. And we've kind of talked about this on and on, but, you know, basically your situation is is a little different mm-hmm. just an hour away and it's just going to be, you know, pressure yeah. is going to have an impact on that and whether it's private or public and, and, you know, what's going on in that area. So just don't think that every day, you know, there's those days that everyone thinks are magical days where it could be slightly different, especially for someone that's going to take off and only have limited days each year. I think that's even where you may want to leave that camera out during the rut, mm-hmm. even though that Intel may not be there for this year but next year that mm-hmm. will tell you well i had four bucks in daylight hours on november 3rd versus in no- november 14th when i took off so that way you can kind of piece that together where it might not be specific to that day every year but it's going to be relatively
1: close like you said november 3rd from 2014 to 2020 last year that day i've had nice bucks on camera every day that it just seems like over there the rut just kicks in a little bit early i don't know if it's because there's a nice doe group that we keep on the property that seems to always be there that the older ones come in a little early but i just think that i think the does definitely help keep the bucks
0: around i always laugh just because it seems like every year you know we know some of the topics that, say, Steve Shirk talked about, you know what I mean, when we had him on. And we implemented, we've been implementing those some of those things for years, but then there's other things that we knew, but we didn't do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to try some of those aspects. Like we were saying, just right now, keeping the trail cameras up a lot longer throughout the season, maybe moving them, you know, okay, hey, we're not getting any intel here, checking that camera, let's move, let's keep pushing, and find that spot to see where it could be potentially, you know, maybe a doe bedding area. So when that October, late October switch happens for the rut. Now we know where possibly let's put that camera where a lot of doe bedding are to see our bucks coming. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something like you said, Dimitri. We didn't. We never really kept the lot up, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that intel because, like we just said, you're going to be able to piece things together then, even for the following year. Just critical stuff.
2: Well That's what, I, and I think if you kind of try to find each year that the mistakes you made or, or changes that you made for the better, if you're not afraid to kind of expose those, right? That's why I love talking on the podcast because I'm not afraid to tell people that, you know, completely blew it or, yeah. you know, I my bow blew up while I was shooting at a buck doing the rod or, you know, which probably would have been my biggest buck to date or, you know, so, you know, and that's how you learn. If you're afraid to to kind of, help yourself by learning and growing and trying different things you're you're not going to become a better hunter and i think that's a lot of people kind of stick to their old ways or you know think they know know everything or try the same thing every year which a lot of people if you had the right property would mm-hmm. probably work year after mm-hmm. year but you know for most people things
1: are going to change yearly which are going to impact the deer movement yeah you need to be able to get down and adjust too like Just because you have a stand that's been there for 10 years and you shot eight bucks out of it, year 11, you might need to move 30 yards down. They might just move that far where your other stand isn't even worth, you can't get an arrow to it. What's one thing you're really excited for this year? Probably to take Owen out for Muzzleloader. Mm -hmm. He's not going to shoot, but we got a stand put up just for the two of us to be able to go out and have it double stand that's only two sticks high and i'm looking forward to that yeah he's been asking me dad when's hunting season when squirrel season so he's really excited for squirrel that that's probably i have a feeling in the future it's gonna be more of the small game just because he's that pumped for it nice how about you i think this year i'm just gonna try to enjoy it
2: I know I put a lot of pressure on myself last year. I I didn't at the beginning of the season and then harvested that dough. And I don't know if, if after that, if I just kind of sparked a, you know, I don't know, my competitive edge in myself that I wanted to shoot a nice buck and, and, was really trying hard, and I think I took the fun out, especially during the ride, I checked, it, took the fun out of it, and I think I just want to kind of slow things down this year and, and be aggressive and, and go after it, you know, and just kind of enjoy every time I'm out there, but really make up a game plan that can make me successful
0: every time I'm in the tree. Well, I liked what you said, too, on the 3D course, how you mentioned about you'll not really pass anything down other than a Yearly, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm, and I'm in that same boat, obviously. But that that is something that we kind of did do last year. We mm-hmm. had opportunities early, whether it was on a doe or a smaller buck, or what you know, a legal smaller buck. And you know, we we are at that point where yes, if it's that little young, you know, whatever buck, we will pass. And you know, there becomes a part where there is a nice mm-hmm. whatever. If it gets us excited on a on a buck, we'll shoot. But on the doe. Like I said, on that first doe I shot last year, I was excited. I, I needed some meat in the freezer, and I took a good shot. Was she the biggest doe? No, but it was a good shot. Mm-hmm. Broke blood on it, on it. Um, broke the, in the uh, prime, and, you know, let it rip. I don't know. I know. It,
2: it's tempting once that freezer's getting empty before yeah. the season yeah. starts, and you get into the season, and you know you need that meat. You know, we can't all be like Weston and shoot yeah. two bull elks and yeah. a mule deer and have—
0: it <laughs> well, meat for probably three years. Because the night that you shot your doe, I had a, like a, you know, again, a, a smaller doe come f- strolling through at like seven yards, had 20 shot opportunities on her, and I I passed. You know, I was like, okay, well, you know, it was still early season, so she wasn't thickened up yet, mm-hmm. and, you know, probably, probably by the end of the season. Who knows? I could have been even one that I shot because <laughs> that was in that same property, same area. So I don't know. I, It's just uh, I think if it's early on and it's – decent enough i'm i'm not
1: hesitating i'm never picky really with anything That <laughs> you love to let the trigger fly yeah as long as it doesn't have spots and yeah. has enough points on it it normally gets an arrow or bullet or whatever's in season because how many doe tags are you going to have this year you had how many i had last three doe tags last year and then i filled all those and then i'm hoping to have three again this year We'll find out doe tags go Monday. Because there's also DMAP tags,
2: right? Correct. Correct in PA. And can you kind of explain how those work over this way?
1: I can't give an exact, but I can give what I kind of know, that it's a deer devastation area where they want to limit the amount of deer in that certain acreage, whether it be 500 or 1,000 acres. I don't really know the exacts on it. But you can get a tag to be able to shoot a doe just in that property. And there's three areas around us that we really like to get the DMAP tags for, and I got two of them. The one was sold out, or they didn't have any this year. So now oh, should have five. I, 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 do you have to have
0: uh, permission, or is it like state forest? Like how? It, like what's the kind of the
1: one that we go to is a state forest area. I think that there might be some on like Penn State owned property mm-hmm. also, but don't quote me on that. I'm not yeah. positive. I'm excited to
0: hunt a little bit of that area this year,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, we're gonna try to utilize that just because you know looking there's there's corn in that area, mm-hmm. which the university plans, so I mean they're putting a food source there uh it's a little more I wouldn't quite call it suburban area, but mm-hmm. it is a little bit more populated of an area of, of living and stuff, but I mean, I've heard people kill nice bucks there, yeah. and it's public mm-hmm. ground, so
0: yeah. I just want to shoot
1: something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like, grateful season last year, we were on that type of stuff. hmm yeah, And we put out deer, I don't know, four or five times I did little pushes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you just got to find the little pockets that they're
2: they're sitting in. I mean, they're probably going to feel more comfortable there. And, and I don't think there's probably less people than you think mm-hmm. in those areas. Obviously, you're going to come across a few. But, I mean, if you can get in there at the right time, especially early on in the season when... Mm-hmm maybe a lot of the students are busy with class or partying or whatever they're (laughs) they do nowadays but we're old old farts now but uh and and really take advantage of that i mean corn standing corn i mean Mm -hmm. how much effort it would take yourself to plant that and put it on a food plot if you even had private and then now you're you got someone doing all the work for you and you just got to kind of scout it out and figure it out so that's another way we're going to kind of put more trail cameras out and in these areas and kind of get some intel and, and figure those
0: spots out yeah I'd, i'm excited just for to have the opportunity to you know quickly get off work or whatever and shoot in somewhere for maybe an hour 45 minutes or an hour and a half and you know if it's a decent night maybe one of us could poke something can't beat that our dream opportunity could be happening pretty soon when's the uh, pa elk
1: drawing I think the middle of August is whenever it goes. It, today's the last day for elk tags. Yep. That's July thirty first. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Be wouldn't have
0: to travel for elk, but yeah. Do you do you guys? Do me do you put in for them? No, I,
1: I have not. Yeah, you do. I do.
0: Do you put in for a specific unit, or do you just do? You like, have
1: to choose a unit now, yeah. but you can. I think you can put into five units yeah. per tag, and there's three sections that you put in for. I didn't catch that. You have to do you have to now? Yeah. Okay. So, like the the early season you put in, then there's like five choices below the mm-hmm. units. I don't know, 1 through 14 or 15 or something. And then you do the same thing for the regular season, then they have the extended season. Okay. So you could have 15 choices in right. there. Right.
0: Yeah, cuz I ended up I always used to do like rant like whatever Mm -hmm. i didn't pick a specific i i I used to choose to anywhere just to get points and all that stuff and this year i last year i put in specific units Mm -hmm. and then same thing this year just to kind of look at see where more public land is up in that area and Mm -hmm. that type of stuff and uh so that's how i i chose that it'd be
1: awesome i think that would be a dream like once in a lifetime type type tag yeah and i think too like even what dimitri just said about like weston
0: i wouldn't even like listen i would love you, yes, gun to my head, I would rather a bull. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But at this point, I would love to just have that op- opportunity to hunt elk in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. our home state, and potentially higher percent of chance. Yeah. Shoot, you know, shoot one. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of meat in the freezer. That would be
1: awesome. It'd be tough. If I did that, it would be hard for me to not take off the rest of the year to hunt because I would want to try to kill everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's only certain times. You know what I mean? I think like it's you, three weeks that you yeah, have early season a week, yeah. regular week, and then extended a week.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you only, I mean,
1: if I had vacation, if, if I drew that,
0: my whole time is going to that. Yeah. Solely. Yeah. Well, we're not all
2: self-employed and can just take the whole season off.
1: I don't do that. <laughs> Jobs just work out that way.
2: <laughs> Weird they they shut you down for the pandemic during hunting season. That's what you're hoping, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, Delta kicks up a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love to. Uh, the other day, when uh, with the Moultrie camera, Delta, I was like, do I put a funny post? You know, and I was like, no. I'll <laughs> be politically correct here and, and say, uh, oh, I didn't
1: know that was a thing.
0: <laughs> Politically correct. What is that?
1: <laughs> what is that? Oh man,
0: uh, what? Uh, I I don't know. I I think, like you said, though, Dimitri, I'm kind of coming into this year of just letting it fly, Let it rip. I'm not. There's no pressure. Nothing. No one. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Mm-mm. No.
2: And I think the hardest thing right now is just waiting to see what the the trail cameras say. You yeah. know, we've got some intel on the the few cell cams that we've had out, but a, a majority of them are just normal right. and cameras we with yep, mm-hmm. NSD cards. And mm-hmm. I mean, just every night you're just dying to want to go in there and pull those cards. I know I have a couple where I had to bike into uh, public ground and so I'm going to let those soak almost probably till September and then I'll just kind of change the cards and leave them in there b- em. or change them based off what I see if I need to get closer to bedding and try to, f- like we said, figure out the, that buck movement early on, yeah. but just going to let them soak a while and you know that velvet growth is coming towards the end which is kind of crazy too so
0: Mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna one of my goals this year is to have like one camera in my bag every hunt that way if we are in a situation or we are in a hunt like even say the three of us hunt together and and you found like maybe like a dynamite spot and you go in there like hey we need a camera in here we have that uh, that chance to maybe do that and Mm -hmm. whether we let that Area soak for a couple few days, a week, whatever, just to you know what I mean, just to have that chance. I think that's going to be critical. So that's one of my th- like I'm going to try to have a camera in my bag every time I get out there because it's, you know if we like I said if we go out and you find a spot, let's throw something out there. So
2: let's even take the advantage of the cell cams. I know mm-hmm. they're expensive and there's a little more price that goes involved, but you know if you think you go out to a spot you've never been and or you minimal scouting and, and you find good sign like really good sign and you set up that night obviously on the sign and then you don't see anything whether it was the wrong wind direction or maybe some pressure somewhere else on the property whether you're hunting it kind of influence that deer movement at least you could throw that camera up mm-hmm. if it's dynamite sign and you're just like I know there's a good deer in here then you have a couple of days maybe not maybe that's a Tuesday you, get out out of work early or whatever and you just dive in, find good signs, set up nothing there, right? Go to the sign, put that cell camera up and then maybe the next couple days or maybe a week later you start to pick up a little bit of pattern of that deer with that scrape or that sign that you see or you say, hey, this, no need to even be in here and and kind of pull that camera so that way if you're a weekend warrior, you you have more entail and you're going to be more efficient each hunt.
1: Camera wise, I think this year is going to be the first year I try to do a little video that. I'm looking forward to that, that I'd like to be able to look back sometimes and if we're sitting around and get to this time of year and you start getting a little antsy, be able to pull up and say like, Hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. I shot my three point last year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but self-filming is so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out. I'll probably fail multiple times and. Then won't even take it with me, but um, that's something I want to try. I built a little camera arm, and I'm excited Dude, to do it. Dude, your
0: camera arm's legit. Mm-hmm.
1: I maybe copied a little bit without, like, ruining patents, but... Well, <laughs> well
0: it's you, kind of redneck. You, you don't, out you of don't have social media, well, so here, no one will know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and here's the other thing. You really didn't, like... You built it, but you constructed it out of something that you've already owned. Yeah. So it's not like you, you know, went with the pen and the pad and designed yeah. something. You know, you just...
1: Piece things together. I just and Franken- it look
0: similar. Yeah, you Frankenstein something. Yeah, which is pretty awesome.
1: Oh, well, I wasn't going to pay what they wanted for the other one. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Because I have a feeling it's going to get thrown out of the tree multiple times. If I miss one because of that thing, <laughs> it won't be going with me again. <laughs> Dude, it's I give so much people respect, and I love that dimitri's done
0: it. You know, multiple times, and uh it's tough. I, this year, I'm going to make a conscience effort to like. I know, like, I, it, it's kind of contradicting what I said earlier. Like, I'm just going to let it rip and have fun, and uh, any chance I get. But like, that's also part of the reason why. Like, I want to have. Okay, if a deer comes, I could get a good shot on film. Take it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to press and you're not doing it for somebody. You're doing right. it for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because yeah. uh, that's you know, like we said just before, and I don't really. I'm over the fact of we have antler up. We have something. We have a platform, but. It's not, I love it because it brings us together and that's what means the most. And I, like you just said, mean, you could sit back and watch it. I could show Nora, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you could show, oh, and like Dimitri could be like Maxim, Asher, look at this, look at that. He just did it for how many years? Like, you know what I mean? And if, if other people like it and enjoy it, then, then that's fantastic. We appreciate it. So,
1: uh, but it's hard,
0: Mm -hmm. you know?
1: But we used to video together in high school mm-hmm. but we always had a cameraman and a shooter and even that is tough oh yeah the one couple times that
2: <laughs> we had a couple misses and then a couple mishaps where we didn't hit record on the, <laughs> the camera. So there's a lot of mistakes even way early on. Well,
0: I'm sure they'll continue any, now. Yeah, still haven't got any better. The way it's developed over time these last couple of years is just crazy. I mean, so many people are talented and they're doing these like cinematic
1: movies. And
0: hey, man, if that's your thing, like, great. You know, I just, yeah. You know, some people just want to watch the hunt
1: mm-hmm. yeah mine's going to be press record and focus will be whatever it ends up being that i'm not going to play with that you can be talking to the camera no <laughs> no no, no, no. <laughs> doing your interviews only if it's facing the wrong way
2: <laughs> what, what's the name of your youtube channel uh <laughs> <laughs> i it,
0: still, still haven't thought of that one yet <laughs> go blank yourself yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think there will be any YouTube. It'll just be. Yeah. You guys yeah. can see it. and The construction the hunter.
0: Ooh.
2: Uh,
1: we just gave someone a
0: really cool idea, and they're going to run <laughs> with that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, they can have that one. I'll think of one. <laughs> <laughs> the carpenter uh, hunter. Yeah.
2: Did uh, you your tr- trigger finger? Oh, I've had it.
1: <laughs> Couldn't you see it on the course? <laughs> you started out good, though. Uh, what happened? No. I was just nervous I was going to have to buy lunch and just got in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I think
2: I'll have the steak and lobster Uh, combo.
1: Or I
2: I said I'd buy the first round of beers. I'm getting a big one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You you guys said I love wings. So you guys said this place is known award-winning wings. So that's what I want to get. Maybe we'll be sponsored by the wilderness.
2: Not That'd too, be all right. Not the sloppy pig. <laughs> well, some of these athletes. Well, sloppy are, pig's been almost a year and they haven't pulled through. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. That was disappointing. I thought we could pull them in. I
0: know. We gotta get them on the line.
2: <laughs> you gotta have a four wheeler to hunt mule deer. Yeah. You gotta be sponsored by the sloppy
0: pig. <laughs> uh, hey, man, my dad has one. Next year, when well, next time we go out there, we'll we'll take that with us. We we'll be ripping around on it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going back to Vernal. <laughs>
2: oh man good no we're good let's go get something to eat get something to eat
0: awesome boys i appreciate this was a lot of fun fun day to just get together and shoot yeah all right everybody till next time antler up that's a wrap for another episode of the antler up podcast thank you so much for checking us out and be sure to head over to antlerupoutdoors.com check out our facebook instagram and youtube till next time antler up